the uh, press release said, we are super excited to finally announce, not just excited, but super excited, to finally announce the official opening of Dog Tap Brisbane uh, at midday Thursday the 21st. Do you, do you reckon that's super excited that finally that bloke in Brisbane is going to get off our back about when we're going to open? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud supporters of Brews News and specifically of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And it's uh, joining me all the way from the other side of the world and the upper bit as well from Europe. It's Guten Morgen, mein Freund. Matt Kierkegaard. Sorry, Pete, you're breaking up the satellite. It just seems to have, you know, that undersea cable. Yeah, no, good morning. Guten Abend to you, Pete. It's good, yeah, obviously, it's an ungodly hour. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. in Germany. Whereabouts in Germany are you? I saw you landed in Frankfurt, but you went to? Uh, Nuremberg. So, yes, I haven't, I didn't update. I probably should have, just to, for those who like to keep uh, score at home. Um, in Nuremberg for Brau Bevial, which is, I believe, the world's largest uh beer trade show um, in, in the world. Uh, now, if you think of Brucon... Even bigger uh, than the trade expo at Brucon. Look, that's no. impressive. That is very impressive. But if you think of that and, you know, think of that as being one corner of, you know, like probably, you know, a quarter of one of the eight halls, um, then wow. you might get some idea of scale. Yes, so it's, it, it, it's huge. Um, it's fair to say I did my 10,000 steps uh, just looking for the bathroom yesterday. <laughs> and and does, do they have it? Um, you know how when we went to GABF in Denver and they had the the breweries were, were kind of most mostly um, by region. So you had like Pacific Northwest breweries, you had California breweries. Like, is it all of the yeast? Uh, you know, and then all of the maltsters, all of the technical, all of the packaging, all of the. Uh, canning machines all in separate sections or is it that just sort of seems to be the rough layout alphabetical yes. yeah no it seems to be the rough layout um I, I think you get to choose you know you get to pay more for different stands and and all of that and uh it, it does seem to be that the malt um is in one place the hops is in another place and then you've got canning and you've got refrigeration and uh you know you've, you've got tap handles but then again it, I, I think that then there's a whole lot of places that are salted through as afterthoughts where they've come in late and they've just gone into to spaces. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's, uh, it's my first time here and it's, there have been a lot of people who come every year and I've caught up with some uh, good friends of the show. Uh, the Crime Malt guys are here. Um, had a great chat uh, with Ryan from Yakima Hops um, with their farm manager, Joe, and also Patrick, uh, who is the manager of... Uh, the bale breaker, um, the hop fields that are in bale break, had a really, really good chat on their take about uh, whether beer styles are going to see more or less hop usage. And, you know, it, it was incredible to see in Germany where hop forward beers haven't been really embraced. Uh, that the hop growers' stands, which were pouring beer, were absolutely heaving. So <laughs> they're, they're, I, I, I'm not sure. A lot of the younger German brewers apparently like going to the hop stands and, and checking those out. 
and uh, also oh, caught sorry. up with the, the guys from Bintani. And uh, funnily enough, one of the reasons I do post those little, you know, checking in at here and going here um, on, on Facebook is it's always interesting to see who else is going and uh, people who follow you on Facebook. And Ben Krause um, is here. So... I did see that. I, I saw that Ben was, uh, was looking to catch up. So he's obviously, yeah, taking a, a little bit of time out of his sabbatical to, to pop down and take the opportunity to have a look around the stands. Yeah, and I've, I've booked him in to have a chat because, yeah, I, I'm really keen. It, it, he seemed very refreshed. He seemed as, as, as fit as ever. Um, but as he said, he's you know, keeping a bit of a helicopter view on what's going on at home, but isn't deeply involved in it all. So, um, yeah, very keen to catch up with him and, you know, again, talk about some of the things that he's noticed. It, it, it sounds like he doesn't have... A extensive range of beers to, uh, to 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 drink in his little alpine village. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd, lots, I'd... lots of Edelweiss, and there's probably a bit of Erdinger. Or I'm, I'm guessing there'd be some of the the bigger brands. I, I gathered there, from but, what yeah. he was saying yesterday there was only the local brew. <laughs> you know, so there's a there'll be a hell of oh, right. that... a, a wheat beer. There'll be a, a Dunkel and whatever the seasonal is. I think, um, but we'll, we'll get the details, and so that'll probably run as our beer as a conversation Tuesday uh, next week. Yeah. Good to hear. And then, uh, so there's the the conference and the, anything else before you head back? Uh, no, it, it was a big two days at the conference, I have to say. And then heading off to uh, our good friends at Fermentus. Um, yeah, actually, I don't. Yeah, Ruth Leary, we spoke to um, uh, at at Brucon, and yeah. as a result of that, it was quite interesting speaking about some of the yeast uh, developments. And so I've been invited. They have a sharing day. Uh, where they get brewers in and talk about it. When I was at Seabrew, uh, um, I saw one of their presenters. So yeast is one of those things that there's a lot of development and research going into at the moment, but we haven't really seen too much come through. Um, I've been told that, actually as Ben Krause told me, there is an alcohol-free beer um, that's on uh, one of the stands here that I really need to to check. It's an IPA. It's an alcohol-free IPA, and he said it was really, really exciting. So I'll, I'll go check that out. But the yeast development around alcohol-free beer, um, so brewers that don't need to invest in the millions of dollars worth of uh, you know um, uh, vacuum distillation um, technology, the apparently. The yeast development that's going on is, is very interesting. So I'm uh, finishing up here um, and then going to Lille in northern France um, and just learning a little bit about yeast. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's, a, it, it, it's a real uh, graduate diploma program in a whole lot of <laughs> beer technologies at the moment, which is exciting. But it really also, Matt, underscores just how much I guess we've been so hop driven since the the birth of craft if you like because hops was really what I guess set us set this whole thing aside from you know what we now call mainstream beer um, in more recent times we've sort of looked at specialty malts we've we've looked at then you know branching out into all these different uh, varietals of hops yeast has always kind of been there or thereabouts and um, obviously with my involvement with with brewcon, um, every year, I get to meet people who 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 um, present about yeast, and it's but it's um, it, it almost seems very in house, or you know, very um, niche. Um, it's now, I, I guess, it's it's that third ingredient, isn't it, that we're we're really kind of 
I guess embracing as well. Yeah, you know, what can we do now? What's what's new? And particularly, like you say, with um, low and no alcohol beer, that's obviously you know the next frontier. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. And you know, maybe it's a little bit uncharitable, but when you do look at it, was hops that really kicked off uh, you know, what we now see as the uh, revolution? Because it was hops that excited beer drinkers. It was hops that made people think, "Wow." you know, I love this and I would love making this. And, you know, you think of the number of brewers that are now relatively mature breweries. Um, Soren Ericsson uh, from Eight Wide is, is Eight one. Wide? Yeah, yep. is one that springs to mind. But there are dozens of brewers that were inspired by Sierra Nevada or by Little Creatures and, and got into it because they were so exciting. And then, you know, the some people say the great experiment experimentation um, or boundary pushing or you know just the desire for extremity saw you know the 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 IBU races um, of the you know of the late uh, noughties early teens um, and now we've got the haze wars and all of those sorts of things and then uh, you know if you look at the other styles that have really really exploded recently it's the sour styles Um, and I tend to think that the thing that makes them so popular and so effusive is, is, is a little bit that you don't need to have a great palate to appreciate them. You know, if, if a beer is, has had the bejesus hopped out of it, you don't need a great palate to, to, to get it and enjoy it. Um, if something is so sour, it takes the enamel off your teeth. You don't have to have a great palate to enjoy that. Um, and, that, you know, they'll probably get cards and letters about that because people will take that personally. And I'm not saying that they're bad beers. I'm not saying that they're you know, not enjoyable, but their extremity um, is often what people enjoy about them. And, uh, you know, yeast and malt do tend to get a little bit sidelined um, in, in, in that process because, um, you know, yeast beers do tend to be a little bit subtle. And if you don't understand where the flavours are coming from, it, it can almost come across as a as a, as, a, as a spoilage or an, an odd flavour that you're not used to. So, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what yeast does, particularly when you are looking at the low-alcohol beers that regular listeners will know my views about. But, uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm quite keen to, to check some of those out and see what the development is around that. Well, Matt, I'm sure those wishing to check out more about yeast and, uh, amongst other things, would be very keen to book now for the IBD Perth 2020 conference. The key speaker has been announced uh, Rebecca Newman, who is the Director of Quality at Lagunitas Brewing Company. She's a quality assurance veteran. Um, she's had experience with plenty of different um, breweries. And I think certainly her her appointment will fit in well with the, um, the conference's theme of connectivity, um, such that she will be joined by a good friend of the program um, and described in the, in the material as University of California legends, uh, <laughs> Charlie Bamforth and Glenn Fox, uh, the emeritus and current professors of malting and brewing science. Yeah, and look, I mean, Charlie um, is a, a huge uh, friend of the, the show. Like, we, we bow before the true beer professor. Um, and Glenn Fox, who we had on shortly after his appointment um, as Charlie Bamford's successor. So we didn't quite catch up with him when we were up there. And look, really exciting to see uh, Charlie coming back and Glenn being here to really establish himself for those probably in the craft scene. He, I think he's quite well known in the um, big end of the brewing industry, but for the craft guys, he's a really 
passionate, um, very different approach to, to um, Charlie, but I would go back and listen to our viewers' conversation with Glenn, um, who, who, who speaks you know, uh, for himself very, very well. And uh, yeah, interesting, there's a focus on, on quality, but um, as we've said in the past, IBD really making an effort to take the learnings that have come out of the, the, the big breweries and apply them to a conference that is very relevant for uh, you know, craft scale breweries of, of, of all sizes. And quality is, is the frontier that brewers are really looking at. So uh, I yeah, can't highly recommend people who can get across or you know, get your head brewer or one of your quality team um, across to the IBD conference in Perth next year. That's it. And uh, for our listeners who might be keen, it's the 14th of November now, so you'll be listening to this uh, sometime north of the 15th. Uh, the $100 discount for early bird booking is uh, expires on the 30th of November. So you've got a couple of weeks from hearing this to book your tickets uh, to save a bit of coin. Um, and maybe, you know, go and buy Charlie a beer. Or catch up with some of the new breweries in um, in Perth. I mean, it'll be a great opportunity as well for people because um, it's a four day. It's a, a four day conference, so um, you've got plenty of time to, I guess, you know, come and go depending on whether you want to look at sustainability, quality, malt, hops, energy, packaging, distilling. I'm sure yeast will be in there somewhere. Absolutely, I'm, I'm sure it will be, and we'll be uh, yeah. So stay tuned for some of the announcements around that. But uh, yeah, and at the moment we're hoping to get across uh, either one or both of us, if you're available, Pete, uh, to to get across and provide some coverage. Yeah, would love to over there. So and uh, yeah. maybe tack on a day or two to visit some of those WA breweries that really we haven't been able to give the you know anything apart from a little bit of Skype love um, over the last couple of years because we haven't had the chance to get over. Yep, exactly. Um, so you can register. The uh, link will be in the show notes. So jump on that, uh, as I say, for your $100 discount uh, for booking before the 30th of November. Uh, Matt, into the news, because some stuff's been happening while you've been away. We can't all be, you know, <laughs> jet-setting off to conferences and all that sort of stuff. But Mate, um, Have you been appreciating how the hamster is well and truly uh, in harness on the wheel while I've been gone? Oh, I've been getting plenty of phone calls. I, mean, I spoke to Scary Clary just today. <laughs> oh, did you? What was that about? <laughs> yeah. No, she didn't, well, she didn't want to wake you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> said, how's it all going there? So you could hear, I think Sam Sam had the music up a bit, a little bit too loud, and I, I think Katarina was into her second bottle of, of bubbles. Um, no, 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 there were no corks popping or party poppers in the background. All seemed to be, yes, the, the hamster was certainly keeping the wheel spinning, and uh, the... Uh, the cogs in the machine that is Bruce, Australian Brews News, um, certainly well-oiled and doing well in your absence, Matt. But anyway, let, let's get on with the news that they've been uh, putting out and keeping us informed, keeping us all informed with, I have to say. The Scottish Brewery's Brisbane Tap Room is opening on the 21st of November, Matt. Um, the uh, press release said, we are super excited to finally announce, not just excited, but super excited, to finally announce the official opening of Dog Tap Brisbane, uh, at midday Thursday, the twenty-first. Do, do you reckon that's super November. excited? That, that headline should actually be: "We're super excited that finally that bloke in Brisbane is going to get off our back about when we're going to open." <laughs> it could be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but... The letter continues. Come and check out our first Australian bar and brewery, and be in with the chance of winning free beer for one whole year! Exclamation mark. Just be one of the first hundred inside for a chance to win the year free beer alongside other exciting pizzas. Um, 
there's a couple of typos and a, the grammar perhaps could have been checked. But um, <laughs> well, what does that mean? Is it, the year, is, still... is it the year free of beer or the year of free beer? Well, that's it. Well, to win the year free beer. So I'm not quite sure. Anyway, um, but, uh, look, but anyway, not not too much to say about this. Uh, I'll unfortunately be overseas, so I'll miss my chance to sit down with Martin Dickey and uh, go through. But uh, Claire and Sam, well, where are going to be then? We're going to be at the end of. Oh, I, I'm. I, well, I'm not, I, there's every chance I, I think that I'm going to be sitting in Brewdog Berlin. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> so, of course you, you can't go to Stone Berlin. <laughs> well, no. Well, I, I can. You know, I'll, I'll break a bottle out the front while I'm there. All the same. <laughs> That's it. Just on that, look, at, I mean, there's not too much to say about Brewdog, but just has anyone noticed that it's gone from Brewdog Brewery to suddenly? Yeah, the, the the emphasis is on the tap room, so it's the, the brew tap, and we're talking about our tap room. Dog tap, dog tap, sorry, dog, dog tap, tap, Brisbane, dog tap, and brewery. Um, you know they've scaled it right back and making a big announcement. This is our first. Um, you know, it's not our first brewery in Australia, um, but it's our first pub in Australia. So, yeah, watch out for a few more announcements. As you know, uh, anyway, just uh, yeah, what's something I've been keeping an eye on. Interesting. Curiouser and curiouser. Uh, Slipstream has been joined by Founders First. Uh, following along the news that Ballistic and Source, um, and Source uh, have opened, uh, have, have, have joined forces with, with Founders First. So it's, it's terrific that um, I think that the whole concept of Founders First is that it's not just crowdfunding, it's not just uh, private equity or, um, you know, venture capitalism and that sort of thing. It's We've got investors who are looking to, you know, uh, sustainable growth investment, that sort of thing. But what we do is we look at that in terms of just in in, in craft beer. This is, you know, we literally stick to your knitting kind of thing. So uh, it's a little bit different to some of the other fundraising efforts that other breweries have have had to go for. Um, Slipstream, I think you're probably, we're, we're fairly familiar with. Um, I really only get to drink, drink their beers when I'm up your way. And I must say, have never been disappointed. Again, with the Founders First model, where they don't actually buy the brewery, they buy, I think they do invest in the brewery, they get a small stake, but then they um, distribute the, the beers. They've got marketing, they've got design, they've got, you know, uh, sales teams um, to, to, to get the beer out. Um, but that seems to be a perfect fit for a brewery like Slipstream, um, which opened probably two, two and a half years ago, um, making Ian Watson, who you know, I started my tastings business with you know, 15, 16 years ago, um, wonderful brewer, um, real, really precise, um, making, they're making some great beer. There's none of the um, shenanigans that, some brewers say that they need to in order to get attention in the market. They're just out there making really, really solid beers um, and just have always felt a little bit undercapitalized. They haven't had the money to invest in, you know, brand and advertising and, you know, sales teams. They've been distributed by a, by a rep up in Brisbane um, and never been really able to put on their own team. So I'd, I think they will really benefit because the, the, they've got the quality and now they've got a bit of impetus behind them. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how this develops because they've got some great breweries making some great beer in there. Um, yeah, so we'll just sort of see what happens. Yeah, uh, and next story, Matt. Um, apropos uh, chatting about our, I guess, ABAC and the continuing saga that is, uh, complaints that are sent into ABAC, uh, another ruling was... 
Uh, this time, I guess, in favour of the brewery, a complaint was dismissed. In the latest wave of rulings from ABAC, CUB-owned Pirate Life was again placed in the spotlight after a complaint about its Arche and passion fruit sours packaging. Uh, the complaint said that it could appeal to minors and be confused for juice or soft drink. Uh, and that was uh, dismissed by ABAC. Yeah, again, great example. Whoever the uh, whoever the anonymous complainant was, um, you know, made a complaint drawing on the series of decisions about packaging beforehand, um, about colours and you know flavourings and and that sort of thing, and trying to you know move the the needle a little bit forward. And it was it was great to see that um, sense prevailed with this one, um, and that just the colour of a can and just you know. The flavours, um, Pirate Life actually went to some length to say these aren't kid flavours, you know, these aren't sweet, these are sour, tart flavours. Uh, but yeah, just showing that, you know, there is going to be a little bit of back and forth you know, around this and brewers should just be aware of what the rules are doing your packaging and, and, and keep an eye on the sorts of things that ABAC has decided. Exactly. Uh, good news. In the um, sales volume growth department, uh, Cooper's reports a 2% sales volume growth. The launch of new products, um, Cooper's Session Ale and Cooper's Dry, as well as the release of Cooper's original pale ale in cans, helped the Cooper's Brewery achieve a 2% growth in volume sales during 2018 to 19, um, which uh, sets them up at 76.8 million litres. Uh, the session ale was launched in package format in 2018 and Cooper's Dry in September the same year, while the original pale was made available in cans in August. Absolutely, Pete. And you know, can't forget that last year, you know, probably this episode last year, we were talking about their nearly 10% sales decline. Um, and yeah, It was 8.9 or something from memory. Uh, yeah, they just shy of 10. Yep, I don't have it in front of me, but um, so a two percent increase is still, you know, only a very small step back um, after the, the the losses from last year, because I think they're, you know, up until last year's decline, they were up around the 82, 83 million litres, and they're down around seventy six million litres. So, if, if you think of the volume sales loss, you know, that's probably um, eight or nine of your local craft breweries shutting down, and you know volume loss to them yeah so, yeah yeah you know i think it's uh, probably half of stone and woods um production volume um or it's a pirate life or uh, so something like just to give it a bit of perspective so yeah so so the, their new announcements um have come back um have brought them back a little bit they've got some volume arguably a little bit of relevance um because of the the, the beers that they've brought out but i still think cooper's has you know, is in some fairly tumultuous waters at the moment um, going forward. Challenging and, times, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's always interesting to see. I, I, I'm pretty sure I walked past Dr. Tim yesterday. He was obviously on his way somewhere, so I didn't uh, t- crash tackle him and uh, have a bit of a chat. But if I see him around Tales, I'll have a, a bit of a chat. But the generation that is running Coopers now um, is a generation that came out of a, of another era. And it'll be really interesting to see whether a very conservative company, whether the next generation of that company are a little bit more contemporary um, than Cooper's has been and whether they even need to be um, to stay relevant and and stay out there or, as Tim says, stick to their knitting. So, uh, yeah, good good to see there's a bit more volume in Cooper's, but still I think uh, the headlines have made it seem a little bit better for them than it 
possibly is. Well, anything when you're in the black rather than the red, I suppose, is is good. Very true. Uh, but if you had to pick one or the other, uh, you're going to say Coopers will, you know, stick to the 1862 model and and keep on trucking uh, in a conservative sort of way, or can we see? Can we expect to see Dr. Tim's hard seltzer you know, in the next <laughs> no, financial? Well, I don't think that. But you quarter know, when you think of you know, one of the worst. But do you think do they do we need to do we need to have a you know a Cooper's cider? Do they need to have a well they a do so well they, they hard lemonade or something? Again, as an outside observer, I've never had seen their marketing plans or anything like this. But they've had their their core range. They've always tried to play a little bit in the lager space. So they had Cooper's Clear, and then more recently they've had Cooper's Dry. I think it is. Um, then they've had one or two international imports. Um, to you know, so when they go into a, a venue, they're not just ye olde pale ales so they do have something for um, all of their their markets but I think that that has been the old school publican model that they've been appealing to Um, and those publicans have wanted to have a Pacific Ale style beer which they've brought out with their session ale they've wanted to have an XPA a Bolter style beer beer with their XPA both of which they've brought out to varying degrees of success Um, but then they've got you know an English cider it was just quite interesting to hear that, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a feeling that Brooklyn was quite, when Brooklyn went with Lion, that they were out from under a bit of a dead hand um, in terms of the business. You've got someone like Miro who could sell beer to, you know, he could sell ice to Eskimos if it was beer flavoured. Um, who, who was working under the Cooper's business, but you just never really saw the activations for um, Brooklyn that you might have expected for a brand that was that strong. And I, I just look at that and sort of wonder how Cooper's is going um, in, in, in the new craft beer world um, and, and, and how they're going to play it. It will be interesting to see. Uh, Matt, in other news, uh, the call went out, expressions of interest. Uh, stewards wanted for the Royal Queensland Beer Awards. Featuring a dedicated team of brewers, beer writers and industry figures, the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards in March 2020 will crown Australia's best beer and champion beer, again using desalinated water. Um, obviously, now, full disclosure, uh, I look after the the stewards, um, the back-of-house operations for the Royal Queensland Beer Awards. Uh, it's a great opportunity for, uh, if you're... In the industry, you don't need to have hospitality experience. Um, you don't even actually need to have, you know, um, a super palate. Uh, but if you've got a bit of hospitality, hospitality experience, that's obviously will come in handy. But just a just a passion for, um, I guess, respecting good beer, uh, getting that out to the judges, making sure that it's you know the right beer, which is just you know it's checking numbers against a sheet before you. You pour the beer and send it out, and that sort of thing. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's pretty hard work because there's obviously a little bit of um, pressure once the once the judges sit down. They're expecting you know the beers to come at a at the rate that they I guess demand. So sometimes you know some some will move through a little bit quicker than others. But it is a lot of fun to um, apply. I'm just trying to think. I think. Um, We'll have a there'll be a link in, in the show notes. We'll yeah, have a, yeah. a link. In, yeah, that's the easiest the easiest way to go. So at this stage, it's just expressions of interest. Um, it's basically over over three days. The there's there's a bump in where we catalogue all the beers and and label them and make sure they're they've all arrived and all that sort of thing, and then put them in um, order 
so because we keep them obviously in refrigerated containers out the at the back until they're required, and then we bring them into fridges for for each session. So we you know put them in the right order. So it's a little bit of heavy lifting, and um, but it's you know food and uh, beverages are provided. Great opportunity to to catch up with um, the legends of the the brewing scene. It's just a great op- if you want to understand how competitions work. If you are interested in you know the beer and brewing industry, and yeah, just sort of getting a little bit deeper into it um, than just being a consumer, highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, and also if you are a um, a brewer who is perhaps uh, judging, you might consider perhaps getting an assistant brewer or uh, a trainee or the guy who runs a packaging line or one of the girls from um, you know the bottling operations or somebody from if you have a you know a brewery bar uh to do a couple of shifts you know a half half day so obviously you don't want to take everyone out of your business for too long but um great experience for them as well there's a bit of a thought that you know oh you know if you if you've got a a dog in the fight so to speak if you've got beers entered you can't be back a house well you can um you might not be running the beers out the front but you might be pouring them out the back if they're your beers you know so anyone who can you know, carry a tray, uh, cap and pour a beer, or well, it's not so much capping now. There's a lot more tapping because uh, obviously there's quite a few kegs uh, get sent in, but um, cans are certainly more and more popular. Still up in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast, Torella Brewing experiments with sustainability on the Sunshine Coast. Talk us through this one. All right, mate, it's a, it's a new brewery. It kind of snuck up on me. I wasn't aware of it, but when we looked into it, yeah. Claire did a terrific article just about the links that they're going to to really uh, close the loop on sustainability, um, you know, the way that they're accessing their water. It's it's a co-location with a vertical farm. They're looking at how they can do that. Um, and just, yeah, the, the, the amount of detail in the article, I probably wouldn't want to go through it, but we have talked a little bit about sustainability and it has been a focus. It's a huge focus over here um, in Germany with the, you know, everyone's making themselves to be clean and green and, and that sort of thing, which just seems to be, you know, changing the tagline for, for some of them and others. They do genuinely seem to be uh, looking at how they can make beer more sustainable. But yeah, Torella, um, go read the article. Um, and I'm very keen to get up to, to, to the brewery when I get back and find out a little bit more about it and see whether... Uh, so whereabouts is it, Matt, on the Sunshine Coast? It's, I think it's up in Mullaney, to, to be honest, Prof. I think it's sort of up in the uh, hinterland, um, just behind the Sunshine Coast. So it's not down on the beach. Uh, I believe it's 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 up in the uh, um, hinterland. So up Ruhaha Way? Uh, ish, yeah. I, and I have to say that this, yeah, Near I haven't Mulaney. really sort of uh, studied it. Yeah, no, cool. All right, Uh now, just a follow-up from last week, Matt, and it is fair to say that the phones were ringing hot with interest um, after you announced that you had brewed a special beer with um, Dr. Chuck Hahn, uh, his original Pilsner, which became Hahn Premium. But the, the, the recipe that he was originally going to brew, you managed to brew 20-odd kegs of it. And we asked listeners, look, you know, would you be keen to come along you know, to a tasting, uh, it would seem that both Sydney and Brisbane have shown a lot of interest if the uh, Radio Brews News Facebook group page has anything to say about it. It's time to delve elbow deep into the mailbag. Just a reminder, listeners, uh, don't forget to review us on iTunes or you can send us in an email and you'll be in the draw for the letter of the week. You can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. 
Anyone else who has uh, has yet to register their interest for the live chat with Chuck Hahn, you can do so by emailing producer at brewsnews.com.au. Um, all our letter writers and uh, any, anyone, all the ones that we read out will receive a Bruise News bar blade in the mail, as long as you give us a postal address. And you will also go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. Daniel Ritt, um, one of our regular Facebook... Please don't start the memes about this. Um, from Daniel Ridd and Facebook group, a couple of things came to my attention recently that I thought might be of interest to others. Uh, first relates to Emily, Emily Day's piece. Um, the use of the term hipster brews rather than craft beer seems to have been an editorial choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Judging by recent Facebook posts, it's, what, and it's not what uh, Emily wanted, but that's how they you know, craft beer. Headline writers see craft beer as being hipster brews. Um, the second was around the independent supporter certification. Apparently, a venue needs only one indie beer on tap to qualify, even if all of the others are not. Case in point, the Stock Exchange Hotel in Brisbane, anyone familiar with the venue? Um, I heard about both of these at the live recording of the Chosen Brew's third birthday episode that I believe was with James... James Smith, Smith. from the Crafty Pint. Um, haven't caught up with it yet, but I uh, look forward to it um, and I recommend listening. So, uh, yeah, there does seem to be something, you know, you pretty much stock standard hotel... Um, that only has one, you know, craft beer tap. Yeah, I didn't think that qualified. I'd be surprised if that was if if they had, because the whole idea of the independent supporter certification was that you were uh, primarily so like you didn't have contracts. Um, for example, uh, you had I, I thought primarily independent beer on tap. We might clarify that, but it because the independent know, supporter end... certification, Matt, is a sticker that goes at the front of your like a, a sticker in the window. We are, you know, a, a, we support independent beer, so that would attract people in, going, "Oh, good, this is a place for me because I like independent beer." You go in there and find that it's only the one beer. I'd be very surprised if that qualifies. So, as I say, I might just have a chat to Derek Hales and get clarification so long on as that. The beers that are independent on tap are marked as being on tap so if you've got you know one independent beer the independent logo is above that beer which you, you could argue is a great way to engage people in the con in the concept of independence by marking the one independent beer out on tap as being somehow different um and prompting conversations with the bar person oh what does independence mean you know my favorite pirate life or my favorite uh, mountain goat um don't have that um why does this beer have independence above it um, that makes you an independent supporter. I, I don't know, Pete, but yeah, we, we might clarify the details of that one before we uh, to, to discuss it. But, uh, but thank you. Thank you to Daniel for, uh, for bringing it up. From Daniel Massey in the Facebook group. Yes. Here is the video you asked for, Matt Kierkegaard. Unfortunately, it didn't go as planned. Uh, he sent in a video of several craft beers going through the container scheme and they all worked. So is that the bit that unfortunately didn't go as planned? It was like <laughs> you would be rejected so that we could sort of shit can the uh the concept but <laughs> well good good to see that it's working but uh yeah it, it certainly contrasts with some of the other feedback we've been getting so but thank you daniel to, for going to the effort to uh, to record that for us yeah it'll be interesting to see how how that all works out you've got a big day ahead i'm sure is, is the conference still on or if you are you yeah n n another big day at browse i'll be meeting uh now i i don't sort of kick on with the nighttime shenanigans pete um so uh why is that matt i think they're <laughs> I'm, I'm traveling with my daughter so uh, 
Uh, yeah, it sort of didn't kick on uh, last night, but apparently uh, I'll, I'll be catching up with Ben Krause this morning and also uh, a, a, malt, uh, a, a, a third-generation maltster um, from Germany uh, whose family has a 100-year history of, of malting, and they're doing some really interesting stuff. Apparently they roast their malt a little bit differently. They don't use a drum roaster. So, um, oh, okay. I yeah, didn't think there was bit... another way. There you go. Well, nor did I, which is why it's so intriguing. So it's uh, best malt. So um, catching up with them just to find out a little bit about, about that. And then also, actually, Pete, that was the amazing thing when you walk in here. We know, you know that there are you know, a couple of distributors in Australia um, who, who sell malt, and then we've got the Australian maltsters. Over here, there is... I lost lost count. I'd hazard a guess that you know there are something like twenty five or thirty different maltsters showing. Um, there are hop growers from the Czech Republic. There are Hungarian hop growers. There are. It, 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 it's quite interesting. I, I would love to have more time to to dig a little bit deeper into some of those stories. Yeah, interesting too. Like I'd love to get your feedback. You know, once it's all run and done, um, things like you know the tap handles, decals, that sort of thing. Because I guess you know we sort of think of. Is it all like? Are there Australian um, exhibitors over there at all, or any you know American, North American, or is it all pretty much European? How, no, the... a, a lot of there are a lot of Australians over here. Um, in in that you, you've got Grain Corp, which owns Cry Malt, um, and you know Cry Malt then distribute a whole lot of malts. So Grain Corp have got a stand because obviously they're a major exporter of Australian barley and grain. Um, but that is the headline brand over here. Um, you, friends like uh, Yakima Chief, Vyman, who are distributed in Australia, um, but so the Mintani guys are over here on their stand. Um, there's a lot of American uh, canning, or a couple of American canning line um, you know, manufacturers who are exhibiting here um, because they tend to occupy the smaller niche of the market. You know, the, the, yeah. the big German canning lines, Italian canning lines, much bigger, higher end. Um, and there's a lot of Chinese equipment uh, manufacturers and, you know, a lot of the stuff that you sort of see in Brucon um, on a much bigger scale. So, um, yeah, so, so there have been a couple of interesting things I've seen that I'll, uh, I might do a bit of a, just a wrap-up of things that have caught my attention um, while I've been over here. Yeah, also, I'd be very keen to see if there's, Anyone over there who um, uh, you might be able to speak to to discover a more efficient way to get your small batch canning labels done? Perhaps they have like shrink sleeves or things like that. I'm thinking, you know, someone who might do something similar to what Rowling's labels, stickers and packaging do, Matt. Matt, I haven't seen anybody that delivers the level of service and attention to detail that those guys do in all of my travels around uh, Brow Beviel. So luckily, our listeners, our listeners who are in the uh, brewing industry, um, and looking at getting their beer into packages, have Rowlings on their doorstep. They don't have to travel. That's right. I want you. I want. I'm going to give you a, a test, Matt. I want you to go and um, get to any stand that is is involved with uh, labelling, packaging, stickering, and find out if they think that they could get 800 words onto a, a label <laughs> and not be laughed at. Exactly. Um, and if not, um, I would suggest that you call Rallings on one three hundred eight five two two three five. Matt, uh, all the best. Thank you, Pete. I'm just, Thank I you. don't know what I, uh, you know. Bon chance is uh, is French for good luck. Um, bon voyage, obviously, good travels. I don't know what uh, um, much German. I must admit. Um, 
other than kind beer for fear, which I'm sure that nobody's adhering to over there. Uh, no beer before four. Ah, okay. No, no, absolutely. In fact, it was quite shocking to walk in at 9am and have sort of people just standing and drinking. <laughs> well, maybe it's kind of beer for fear, which is a little <laughs> beer before four. <laughs> Because certainly, you know, now, are you, um, I'm sure you'd be disappointed that you can't find, you know, a Taco Bell, but uh, is there like, you know, Dust Taco Hut or is there, have you found a, somewhere where you can get like maybe some Vise Versed? I, I, I did run into Rachel from uh, US Hops, um, that she was on her stand. She was the one that uh, tried to steer me away from my Taco Bell experience. Um, but she uh, had a couple of recommendations last night for very authentic uh, German. So last night I had liver soup with dumplings and nice. goose. So yeah, so very in, in, in oh, a goose. very okay, yeah. yeah, in a very very foreboding, um, you know, heavy panelled, uh, very chalet eatery. Yeah, yeah. But how, how cool but, are they? Those those places I just think are, are really terrific. They are absolutely absolutely uh, loved it. And I, I, if I was looking for words to say because apparently I'd, I'd always thought that because we're in Franconia which when we were touring the castle we were told was part of uh, um, I was going to say Bohemia but uh, was, was, was Bavaria. part of Bavaria um, but then I spoke to which, the which, which the Germans kind of like to think is a separate country from Germany yeah yeah so, so you, you, you quite realise realize that the passions for the various German states uh, a little bit like State of Origin Night all year round. Yeah, yep, yep, 100%. <laughs> well, you look at, you know, the um, the rivalry between, you know, Dusseldorf and Köln. It's, you know, yep. uh, to the point where, and, and that apparently, you know, all started over, you know, some prince, uh, some king's prince didn't want to marry the other king's princess or whatever, and so they had a blue. And It goes um, back a long way. Yeah. Because, yeah, apparently the uh, Franconia and... Uh, it goes back to a royal snubbing, um, and then in the north they dis they so the Bavarians hate the north because something that somebody did around Nap the time of Napoleon. So yes, so so these things. Uh, sorry, sorry for the really bad history lesson. Um, I can't <laughs> even say it's a drunk history lesson um, because it's. I'm sorry. If, I'm sure if if uh, Corinna Steeb or um, uh, maybe even Sam Fuss. Uh, anyone with any sort of German heritage might be able to correct us and help us out with we'll our... Uh... Us, but yeah. On that note, uh, it's good night from me and it's guten Abend from him. Um, guten Morgen. Yes. Thank you to uh, Crime Alt, to Relling's label stickers and packaging and to uh, Beer Cartel for looking after us and making this program possible. And thank you to you, the listeners, for uh, making it presentable. Well, I guess we make it presentable, you make it listenable or you listen to it. <laughs> But uh, for that, we thank you. Um, I've been your host, Pete Mitchell. He's been Matt Kierkegaard all the way from Nuremberg. Uh, safe travels onwards to Thank France. you, Pete. Next week, uh, I'm just trying to think where I'll be this time next week. Next Thursday, I will probably be coming at you from Amsterdam. Oh, okay. That could be interesting. Room, room 316 <laughs> at the... Uh... Okay. All right. We'll see how we go. Um, I look forward to that, remembering that you have your daughter with you. Yeah, um, I take, yeah. care, take care and safe travels and uh, drink fresh, drink local. You have permission to drink German beer. I'm availing myself of that opportunity. Excellent. All right. Take care, Matt. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, listeners. And we'll see you all next week for another Good Brews Week.
and we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 